It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media, and welcome back to the Cratch Really Picked Rutgers to Beat Wisconsin podcast. I'm joined, as always, by the aforementioned James Cratch, not taking him to Vegas anytime soon, and Keith Sargent. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to start with uh, what I saw at the end of the game. And I wasn't there this week, watching it on my BTN. Um, they could have not been more effusive about the progress from this team, and and you know, any objective observer would have to agree that these last two performances are, of course, far better than what we saw from this team a month ago. Here's my question. Here's my my here's my problem and my question to you guys. You know, when you bury the bar 10 feet below the ground like they did against Kansas and Buffalo, you know, it, it's pretty easy to clear. So anything that they do that looks like a competent football team at this point is good. So I guess my question is, do you measure the progress from where they started the season? Or do you measure the progress from last season? I mean, Sarge, what do you think? Are we are we right to say, hey, look, the team looks better now? Or is it is it kind of a hollow thing based on how bad they were early on? Yeah, kind of hollow because, I mean, I think, you know, once you, they lost to Buffalo and Kansas, you know, that really left a sour taste in everyone's mouths. And that was pretty much the season. When when we look back at, you know, at the end of November when the season ends, whether it's 111 or somehow, some way, they, they beat a, a Michigan State to, to, you know, to go finish 2-10, and 10, I, we're going to look back on those two games uh, as the, the, the point where the season was a failure. Um, I, I kind of looked at it, and I get the fact that it was a 14-point uh, final score, but to me, that, that Wisconsin was in control from start to finish. I mean, they scored on the first drive, and you know they they just never looked back. Um, they they ran the ball. They did everything they really wanted to do. I think they averaged what seven yards per per clip during you know the bulk of that game. For, uh, you know, on the ground, they were able to establish their will. And to me, even though it was a thirty-one seventeen final score, some window dressing at the end for Rutgers offense. To me, Wisconsin dominated that game. Right, right. And they couldn't get I me mean, window dressing, I guess, for this team is progress because they couldn't. And obviously, when you throw for eight yards against Maryland, you know, and the fact they threw for 260 is something. Cratch, and I think you had, I was interested, you had a different perspective on this. You thought this was a game that, you know, they could have won beforehand. And during even what was happening in this game, you thought they had a chance. I mean, what's, what's your perspective on this? That's exactly why. I mean, they, when I picked Rutgers to win, uh, 
I part of it was just because, hey, I've been talking for months about how I thought they could be competitive with Wisconsin. I thought it was a surprisingly good matchup for them, so I just figured with a little bit of your pushing, Steve. A little bit, you know, just a little bit. Text. I wasn't going to stand on that edge. I was going to push you off that edge. I figured, just go for it. Yeah. That being said, yeah, I truly believe I was there in Madison. In the first half, the conditions were ripe had Rutgers been able to capitalize for them to potentially win that football game. I mean, I understand that Wisconsin's banged up. I understand that they had through two interceptions. I get all that. That's the point. The point is that for whatever reason, all those factors came together and it gave a situation for Rutgers where they had a legitimate, realistic chance. I'm not saying it was a great chance. Maybe it was only 25%, but they had a puncher's chance to beat the Wisconsin Badgers in Camp Randall Stadium right. had they just made a play. Yes. And, and they he, couldn't do it. And I think that's why you need to I, – I think Rutgers fans should be disappointed. You had a chance for a, a win that would have gone into program lore, and absolutely. you just couldn't do anything about it. I love Angry Cratch. And you point out the, and you point out the play and, and, you know, the, the, the trademark surrender punt. And that's funny. At the time, I kind of was like, well – <laughs> you know, I think I'm so beaten down. It's like, oh, it's ten nothing. That's not bad. You know, but, but you make a you made a great play. <sighs> they're on the Wisconsin 44. It's fourth and seven. I, I mean, what's you're you one know? in seven? Like you're, you're <laughs> exactly. one in seven. Who cares if Wisconsin goes up seventeen nothing? Like, does it really matter at that point? Like, you're one in seven. Your offense has sixty two yards total in its first five series. Now you've got forty eight yards on this drive. You've got a third and seven. The Wisconsin 44 with under two minutes to go, you call timeout. I do not understand how Rutgers could not be thinking we're in two down territory or we're going to do this or maybe we're going to finally let Adam, Adam Korsak's been teasing that kind of roll to his right, take off and run fake yep. punt yep. where this is the moment to do it. I mean, what are we, what, what are you guys waiting for? Like you're saving that one for Michigan? Like that's not going to do any difference. Right. Like this was a game. For whatever reason, this was a game where Rutgers had a chance to do something. And I think if I was Chris Ash, my thought process would be, we are getting points on this drive come hell or high water. Whether we get three, whether we get seven, whatever. We are getting points. And then remember, Rutgers is getting the ball to start the second half. You go in the locker room and you tell them, like, hey, guys, we're going to get the ball. We're going to go down the field and score. And we're going to take the lead, whether we, we – Go ahead by a touchdown, and we go for two after the touchdown. I don't care. We are taking the lead. And if you suddenly are tied with or leading Wisconsin after your first drive of the second half, they have to play, be honest on offense. They have to keep playing, and they have to mix the run in the pass. And they've got a backup quarterback in Jack Cohn now yeah. who they're even less confident in. I just thought – and the whole idea of, oh, you're trying to play field position. I mean, one, who cares? As I said, if you're down 17 nothing. The game's over anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. But two, you just let this big, gigantic Wisconsin offensive line tee off yep. on your defensive line for five more plays at the end of the half. Right. And run their time of possession up to 17 minutes. Right. I mean, it's like, why let them put more body blows in? Because that's what happened. Rutgers got worn down in the second half because Wisconsin was able to say, hey, we got a 10-point lead. We can just hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, yes, once the second half began, Rutgers didn't have a chance to win. But the chance was there to take the game to the fourth quarter in the first half 
And I just thought the punt there, I mean, what are you, like, what are you accomplishing by punting? It really You're, was a surrender punt. Uh, yeah, you, when, the more you talk about it. But I, I, mean, I guess, I guess, you know, looking from what the offense had done to that point, I, I sort, again, I sort of get it, but, you know, go for the jugular. Why not? You're one in seven. But the big, bigger problem, though, Cratch, and I wrote about this, and I mean, it was obvious before the game started, you know, when you can't stop the run at all, when you're, you've given up, 300 yards on the ground and it wasn't, you know, they could have run for, you know, 800 yards. I mean, it's just one of those games where, I mean, they just don't have any, the, the linebackers were bad. The defensive line was overwhelmed. You know, it, it, you know, sorry, Jonathan Taylor has the, has, you wrote about him. He has four yards, he has four yards before he gets the ball. He's like, you know, you, you could have had 200 yards in that game. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, and, and the funny thing problems. is I did write about, I, I did write about it and, and I had a couple of records fans say, Oh, well, you know, I, I could run behind that offense line, which maybe you could. Uh, but. By that same token, it's not like Rutgers hasn't had an opportunity to, uh, to bolster and, and improve his uh, offensive right. line through, you know, through recruiting. And, um, you know, they're no, nowhere near that. So and not, not too many schools are. But, you know, to, to say that, you know, Jonathan Taylor, who was a one-time Rutgers commit, was committed to Chris Ash for six months almost. And, you know, to, 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 you know he's leading the, the, the country in rushing for, for, for the second straight year. Um, just an incredible uh, player and one of the, one of those many who, who got away. Right. And that said, Rutgers did have a, a, a good running back itself this game. And I, and I, we, we kind of were on the, all three of us were on the Pacheco train, uh, but Raheem Blackshear showed, you know, in the passing game, especially why he is the most valuable player on the offense. Uh, Cratch, where were these, where were these screens? I mean, was it just uh, not the opportunity wasn't there? Where were these short pass plays that, you know, put the ball in his hand, Weeks ago, I think it's got to be partly opportunity. I, I just look back at a lot of these games: Ohio State, Kansas, Buffalo, you know, Illinois. Like Rutgers has fallen behind so much that I just think that they kind of retreat into survival mode as an offense, especially when they keep on turning the ball over. The past two weeks, Rutgers hasn't turned the ball over. Art Sikowski has played incredibly right. clean. I mean. It, think about it. It's like Rutgers has won a turnover battle the last two weeks yep. and hasn't turned the ball over at all themselves, and, and they're still 0-2. So I think it was – I thought it was a very creative game plan by John McNulty, but I also think that for the first time in a while, they were in a scenario where they weren't necessarily – you know, they were kind of able to run their offense efficiently and kind of get deeper into the playbook. But at the same time, I mean – Wisconsin's up twenty-four to three, basically, with a minute to go in the in the third quarter. I think it would be naive to claim that they didn't back off a little bit. Right. Well, and to, to your point, Sikowski, since the eight-yard day against Maryland, thirty-five for seventy, all right, fifty percent, three hundred forty-two yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. Which I mean, if you had told us that a couple weeks ago, the way he was throwing the ball, and that, granted, Wisconsin dropped a couple, but still, I mean, that's a clean slate. That's that's improvement from him, at least. You can say that he is certainly getting better. It is, and I think this is going to be a big test this week because if uh, the Sikowski of a couple weeks ago is probably looking at another like four or five interception game, I think John McNulty said, mentioned today at the press conference, we're taking this on a Monday, the idea that if he can get through another game without a turnover, I mean, I think that's going to be asking a lot based on this Michigan defense. But if at the end of the game on Saturday, it's like, okay, well, Sikowski completed 50% 50% of his passes, and he only threw one interception or something, and it was kind of a coverage interception. I think you'd say, okay, 
the progress is being made. I think the big key for him is you don't want to have him regress back to a Kansas or Maryland-esque performance. And I think that's going to be tough. That's going to be a challenge because this Michigan defense is kind of otherworldly. Sarge, your thoughts? Anything <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking baby steps, right? I mean, you yeah. know, this we we, we kind of asked. Uh, oh, I did. I asked John McNulty and I asked Chris Ash about this Michigan team being a historic defense, and and you know, I, I watched. I, you know, I I watched the bulk of that Penn State game the other day. You know that that defense is is phenomenal. You know, <laughs> Michigan's. Defense ranks first in the in the country in almost every every meaningful stat, uh, especially total yard, yards given up. Rutgers is uh, third from the bottom in, in total yards game. So, I mean, this is as big of a mismatch, at least on paper, as I can remember. All right, let's hop right into true or false, shall we? Let's do it. All right, you know what's coming, and it's interesting because this is the, we've gone eleven minutes without talking about the job status of the head coach. But true or false? <laughs> if Rutgers goes one and eleven and gets absolutely destroyed in the final three games in front of tens of thousands of opposing fans, Chris Ash gets fired. True or false? False. 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 Where, what are we, where's the percentage? Are we down to zero yet? Are we still in the teens, two? two? What, what do we think? I mean, what? Yeah, I'm down to about 1%. 1%? Cratch. I'll say three percent. I'm still going to leave it at in the in the in the in the ten ten to twelve range, just because crazy stuff happens. All right, true or false? This is the game that convinced you Art Sikowski is going to be a very good college quarterback. True or false? Anybody? I'm going to say false, just because I, I think I I've felt that even through some of the struggles, I think it, it wasn't like this was an eye opener for me in any way. Okay. Yeah, I, I know what Cratch is saying. I mean, I, 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 there was that one pass that he threw to, to Blackshear where Blackshear caught it and then tiptoed, you know, down, down the yard, uh, <laughs> down the sideline. That was a, just an NFL type throw. Yeah. Um, but kind of like what Cratch said, I mean, he's shown me some some signs, especially the last couple of weeks. But you know, even in you know, I, I've never not said that he's going to be a really good quarterback. So I, I guess by the definition, I'll say false. I think I, I go, I go. Uh, True, just because I love when he took that hit. I mean, it's just an incredible hit, and still managed to hit uh, Volacek, whatever his name is, the tight end. Uh, Vol, thank you. Uh, on third down, to me was, I mean, that was a hey, there's your guy kind of moment. Um, but the accuracy still leaves me a little bit. To, I, then I tweeted this. I wish, I wish we had seen him with good blocking and one good, one reliable wide receiver. It would have been a completely different thing, I think, but we obviously haven't. All right, true or false? John McNulty called his best game of the season against Wisconsin. True. False. 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 Okay. True or false? Linebacker play is a major, major problem for this team now. True. True, and it's been a while. It's been, you know, they, they might have had a, a little glimpse, you know, last season when, when, when the linebacker play wasn't terrible, but it, this is probably going on five of the last six years. The linebacker play has been horrendous. And a disappointment because I thought that was going to be a position of strength. True or false, Greg Schiano. Whoa, Greg Schiano is the worst possible Maryland coaching search outcome for Rutgers. False. False. Okay. Sarge? True. What is the worst possible out coaching search outcome then, Cratch? It's that Rutgers, excuse me, that uh, Maryland hires Paul Johnson, Ken Matalolo, or Jeff Munkin. Okay. All right. Someone at some point is going to have the guts, some athletic director, to run the flexbone, to bring the triple option to a Power Five conference, to a program that is not accomplishing anything 
otherwise. And if it's Maryland, I think that's bad news for Rutgers because I'm telling you, Maryland would be able to go out there if they committed to that system and find the athletes to go win six, seven, eight, nine games. And that's not what Rutgers needs is it looks at a rebuild that probably realistically has got a year or two more left, if that, if not more. True or false, Michigan won't score more than 40 points on Saturday. False. (laughs) Okay. Sarge? I'm going to say true. I just kind of – Cratch and I were talking about it, um, and I think Michigan has – you know, their their laser focus on the two weeks after this, especially the finale against Ohio State – they're going to get up comfortably, and I think they're going to to just win convincingly. I don't know if they get to 40. Wow. Sorry. Okay, then this one for you, Cratch. True or false, Michigan won't score more than 50 points on Saturday. True. <laughs> then then, you could, then you're ruining my last one, which, which, of course, is true or false. Michigan won't score 78 points. At the very <laughs> least, they're not going to score 78 points. True. Okay, we got that checked off. Yeah. Uh, and finally, true or false, Michigan has a real shot to win the national championship this year. True. True. I, I think so, too. And it's funny. if you're The team that's going to beat Alabama, assuming they get in and have a chance to play Alabama, is going yeah. to have to have a great defense. And, I mean, I watched right. that watching that game. <laughs> that is a, not a good defense. That is a great defense uh, that, I've, that I've, I've been against Penn State. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and totally that, agree with you. That's what's going to take. You're gonna t- you need a defense that's going to slow Alabama down. It's going to keep it to be a close game, and then you know that's the only way you're going to have a shot. So, well, I think I think the real key of this whole thing is going to be, assuming Notre Dame goes twelve and zero and gets in, does Michigan get the four seed if they win the Big Ten, or they get the three seed? Because then you could have Alabama. Alabama, Michigan might be the national title game in the semifinal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that scenario, Michigan's going to go behind Notre Dame. But, you know, Notre Dame being head to head, and it, it, you know, if it's between those I two. Think, I think Michigan's a, a better team, but obviously they they lost that game at the beginning of the year. I mean, like I, I feel I, like if I've Michigan, heard that. I, I've heard that, but Notre Dame, and I, I get it, but Notre Dame has a better quarterback than they had week one. Yeah, that's no, that is true. That is true. I guess my point is, I think if Michigan is playing Alabama on one week turnaround, I think that's a great game. That would be fun. But if it's if Saban's got a month to get ready for the game, I think that kind of negates maybe a little bit for Michigan. I still think Clemson at the end of the day is the team that has the best chance to beat Alabama just because of the defensive line, just because they are not afraid of Alabama. Right. I'm not saying Michigan is, but Clemson they've gone they've looked the tide in the eye many times. So, I, but I, I think Michigan is very. But that being said, I still think there's a very good chance that Michigan is going to look like you know the '85 Bears, and then they're going to lose to Ohio State because I don't know if Jim Harbaugh can beat Urban Meyer when it counts. Well, that's going to be a fascinating game too. All right, let's talk about Rutgers, Michigan. Um, and I was thinking about this. And I'm going to write about this uh, this week, guys. The uh, it just doesn't seem possible that it was only four years ago that Rutgers beat this team. I mean, I was there. I was, I was, I, we were all, you know, I was sitting there in the press box, you know, and they, I mean, just the idea of the direction that these two programs have gone since to me is almost incredible. I mean, not only did Rutgers beat Michigan, but I think mean, 400 yards of pa- passing offense, uh, you know, they, they were even in the tre- even in the trenches for the most part. I mean, I, I it's just incredible what's happened since. And I like we know what I mean. We obviously know the answer to, to both. 
you know, the direction they've gone. But, I mean, when you look at Michigan now uh, comparatively to – is there one thing to, compared to Rutgers that, that you see that you're like, well, that's the difference between these two programs? I think the difference is a couple things. One, I, I remember I took a lot of heat for it because I remember writing about Michigan and how many four- and five-star recruits they had going into that game. But, I, I, you know, I think we saw a, a Michigan team that was so poorly coached. Yeah. Um, you Brady know, you remember, yeah, Brady Hope, we, we, there were questions going into that game about him playing a, a, a kid who was clearly concussed. Oh, I remember that. The week before. That was all the reason why they implemented some of these uh, concussion uh, protocol, you know, throughout the Big Ten, throughout college football. Um, and, and, and they had a quarterback who was, you know, highly flawed. Um, and I think Rutgers ha- had one, you know, one of their best teams, you know, certainly this decade. And they had a, you know, a, a, you know, some really good skill position guys, you know, headed up by by Gary Nova, who was a, an experienced quarterback who, who played, you know, great that game. So, yep. and, and the, the atmosphere was electric, and, and you put together a couple really game-defining plays by Kamoko Ture, and you had the recipe for, yep. for you know, what I still, in my mind. Um, consider one of the bigger upsets in, in Rutgers history. Rutgers had the better coach in that game, but it was Ralph Regan. That's, I mean, yes. I think the you know that we can give Kyle Flood a lot of grief for many, many, many things, but you know he recognized he needed to have a, a stellar X's nose coach on his sideline, and he and he went out and got one of the best you know available in the country. And you know I think what he did that game with Gary Nova, and it wasn't. I mean this is this was not the great collection of Rutgers skill players. Remember if you look at who I mean John Tismith. I mean look at some of the guys who were who were catching That's passes. Tennis, yeah. yeah, I mean it wasn't like a you know it wasn't like. You know, Leonti Carew and all these guys starring. It was really a, a bunch of guys that you know didn't really go on to have pro careers. So that that was fridge. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't covering a team. I wasn't at the game. I remember watching it on television. I, I think it was my last year covering high schools. But the one thing I always thought was like that's Rutgers, their first ever Big Ten home game, and like yeah. credit to the Big Ten for sending Michigan in. Like you had that atmosphere, and it's just like. Now it's almost like the Rutgers fan base is kind of beaten down. I mean, I think there should like there should be a sense of excitement in the idea that the number four team in the country is coming to Piscataway and you're playing with house money. You've got your shot at them. You could, you know, if Rutgers were to somehow beat with Michigan, and obviously that's not going to happen, they would blow like it would detonate a bomb in the center of the college football universe. Everyone would be talking about Rutgers, and it's like. I was even kind of taken aback by Chris Ash today in his press conference. I mean, your team has played two good teams from the West. I mean, Northwestern's probably going to win the division. You've been respectable. You played them tough. I mean, sell the excitement. I mean, I know he says he's worried about his team and themselves, but, I mean, this is a moment that you have this team. They're coming to your stadium, and they look – they. Michigan probably looks at Rutgers as just kind of a speed bump on the way to the Ohio State game, but this is you know this is a one game season potentially for Rutgers. I mean, I think you make the argument that Rutgers is going to play three one game seasons to f- finish out this year, and I just don't sense any buzz about that. I think seventy eight nothing has something to do with it. Obviously, one and eight has something to do with it, but just like seize the moment. I mean, like this, you got house money, just let it all kind of hang out and. See what happens. Yeah, why is he not? What, what, is yeah. his that. personality, Sarge? I, mean, I, I don't know. He's, not, he's never been a salesman, but why wouldn't Ash? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, one, one, one quick correction because I know you know our, our two listeners are gonna are gonna correct us on on it. But uh, the Penn State game that year, uh, uh, Cratch was was the. You're was right. The first I'm sorry. Game. No, that's okay. We're, we're just gonna yeah. y- you hear from you know both you know, both Dave White and 
you know, probably, you know, our one other listener. So I just don't want to get flooded yeah. with those emails. But to answer, I apologize, your, guys. That's <laughs> okay. You're, you're quite, you're quite okay. But uh, to, to answer your, uh, Politi's question, I think that's kind of his personality. Um, we were talking about it offline and I, I kind of, uh, you know, put up a softball. We're, we're to the point this year where there's, we're not analyzing this game. Let's be honest. So we spend the Monday press conference. Um, you know, we're on the eve of, of a pretty significant anniversary in Rutgers history. If anyone knows me, I, I do tend to, to write some historical pieces. You know, we're, tomorrow's going to be the 149th anniversary of, of the first game, you know. So I, I asked him, I asked him a, a, a softball. It's just basically, you know, is it something that you talk about with recruits? It's something that Pat Hobbs is very proud of. You know, he's on the committee to celebrate the, the, the 150th anniversary. I know they're doing a lot of big things. And tomorrow is basically the, the begin, the beginning of, of the, of a one year celebration of it, right? So his answer, put it to you this way. He could not have been more dismissive of a question if I would have asked him if, you know, if you, if you coach the game in, 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 in ladies underwear. I mean, he really did not want any part of it. His answer, I'll just quote him verbatim was, cause I, I asked him, is it something that you talk about with recruits or even players on the team? He said, honestly, no. In this day of age, I don't know that the high school student athlete really understands the significant of that, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. Now, mind you, and that end quote, and now, mind you, there's a sign in the stadium that says the birthplace of college <laughs> literally football. The, the and, and every of the media guide, <laughs> and literally every media guide I've ever seen, and those media guides, let's be honest, they're a recruiting pamphlet. Every single one has, has dedicated, like, two pages to the birthplace of college football. Yep. So, yeah, I, it's just, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, tradition, you know, all the other stuff, you know, he doesn't really – I get that he's laser focused on it, but to me that was that was a softball, that was a layup that that, that he would have been able to to, to address, and, and and he failed on that one today. Right. Well, it comes back to the the big picture, you know. He, he really hasn't had a grasp on the big picture stuff since he's been here. I mean, you could you could you could argue a lot of those things, donor relations, you know. I mean, it, it's not it's just not he's he's a football coach. He's not he's not he's, he's not a salesman. So I mean, I guess that's. That's what you have, but you're right. I mean, Cratch, this is, this would have been a really fun opportunity to, to, uh, you know, to, to create some buzz, but I think, you know, it's, it's the exact opposite. It feels like the exact opposite. And I remember those, I'll tell you, Seriously. those two games, they, I mean, were, they were fun. The buzz before those games. They were. 53,000 people I mean, in that stadium. I mean, it was incredible. Dude, it's, it's number four Michigan. Okay. Like the fans hate Harbaugh. Yep. They, they hate James Brown. I mean, like, I know the team struggled and everything, but it's like, I just feel like even then, like, you know, it, it's just, you're going to see it. Like the way I look at it is the, the kind of unspoken thing is, Hey, come out to the ballpark. You're going to see one of the best teams in the country. You might get to see the national champion play. Yeah. I mean, think about it guys. Like the national champion might be yeah, about the, to play I, I, I will say this, on Bush I, campus. I'm not, I'm not, but I don't know if that's Chris Ash's job to sell that, you know, uh, per se. I know what you're saying. I don't know if that's his job to 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 hype up Michigan this week. Um, I just think that you know today, you know, and he was just so. I mean, he was really tight. You could tell that if the team takes the the persona of the head coach, which I don't know if they always do, but you know, in this instance, if they do, they are going to get blown. I'm going to take back my my 40 point prediction. I'm going to I'm going to go 78 to nothing again because (laughs) they were super duper tight. All right, you guys want to make some predictions? What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> is there a reason to predict? Is there a reason to predict? <laughs> um, I, I think Michigan wins 40-42 nothing. 
I think Sarge is right in a sense. I think it's going to be kind of get in, get out, you know, like let's you know, stay healthy and move on, survive in advance. But I, I don't think it's going to be like – I think in a perfect for Rutgers, it's like a 31-6 to six game or something. Yeah, I think I it's probably going to be like 42 nothing. I don't see Rutgers scoring any points uh, against the Wolverines unless it's a, it's a busted play, it's a total garbage time touchdown, or if, you know, Isaiah Pacheco runs back a kickoff or something. You can look at my history of predictions. I don't think I've ever picked a shutout. Um, I just always think that, you know, there will be a touch. It's hard to predict a shutout, but if this was ever going to be a week, I would p- pick a shutout. That being said, I'll go 38-7. I'll give him a touchdown, you know, maybe on a broken play. But My God, 38 <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just think that I, I think Michigan's looking at the big picture, and they are not going to. He went for two up. He faked an extra point last time he was here. Yeah, but, so we did talk about it a little bit. Sort of it was 28 nothing. He made 29 nothing. We did talk about it in the press conference, and the 78 did nothing. I mean, you guys agree, and maybe Rutgers fans can, can, can talk about it on Twitter, but they did not run up that no. score. You, I defy anyone to go back and, and watch that. In that game, they, they were running the ball, like the most basic running plays into the line with their third team off. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, coming away, I think we said on the video, I think we talked to Chris Ash afterward, they did not run up that score. Anyone who thinks that 78 to nothing was a run up, it was anything but in that game. Um, My most memorable. Again, I just think the most memorable moment for me was when the Rutgers band started playing this. Remember that? I do. I mean, I do. that was like, wait, what song is the Rutgers band playing? Are they playing Hail to the Victors? They were. They were. They were. I just wanted the reason to play that, really. It's, it was a sportsmanship <laughs> thing. Uh, Tim Smith, we, we did talk to Tim Smith. He, 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 he said that they, they do that uh, for, for every game. We just never really realized no, it because, because it's at that point in the game, there were zero Rutgers fans, and there were like twenty thousand Michigan fans, you know, in the stadium. So at that point in the game, we just heard it, and it just sunk in. But he did say that was something that that's something that they always learn the the opposing fight song, and you know, and, and they'll play it as like a sportsmanship type thing. Right. Well, at least it's a popular one. I remember where I, I watched that game. It was at a uh, restaurant in Appleton, Wisconsin, because I was with Duggan in uh, Wisconsin, because the Giants were right. playing. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, the Giants were playing the Packers on Sunday Night Football. That was also the night of the second 2016 presidential debate, if I remember correctly. So quite a weekend. Quite a weekend. I'm going to pick. I'm going to go 56 nothing. I cannot foresee a scenario where it's not a lopsided score. And then this we get back to the hey look guys, we're bringing it around full circle on this podcast. Back to the original point, which like when you talk about progress. All right, well last year. Rutgers went to Michigan and only lost by 21, and we said, hey, that's progress. Well, this year, Rutgers went to Wisconsin and only lost by 14. It's sort of the same kind of thing. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like we're in a spin cycle. Well, that's where that's we're at. We're now we're going to get another, you know, another lopsided loss here. It's going to be, hey, what's going on? All right. I think that's interesting because I asked uh, Ash, you know, I said, like, t- week two, you went to Ohio State. You lost 52 to three, non competitive. Now, this is the next, like, elite team you're playing. The Rutgers really hasn't played an elite team since they played Ohio State. Like, are you going to kind of compare what you did against Ohio State and compare it against Michigan? And, and he didn't have any interest in discussing that. But I, I do think that is the comparison you kind of have to make. Okay, this team got thwacked in Columbus. Now they're playing a team that might be better than the Buckeyes. 
how much progress have they yeah. truly made? All right. Any final yeah, thoughts? Let's, uh, yeah, my final thought, and I can't believe we're burying the lead. Burying the lead. You know, Rutgers is indeed a field hockey school. Oh, my gosh. And yes. you know, the fact that they are going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 32 years, I still can't believe Steve Politi as a host has waited a half hour into our oh. show to, to discuss this. This should have been a true and false, all five questions dedicated to right. field hockey. I kid, but in all seriousness, congratulations, congratulations. You know, they're going to the NSA tournament. They play uh, UConn 18-3 and on Friday in, in, in Maryland. They win that game. Most likely they play Maryland. I think they might be the number one team in the country. I think they are but, the dominant yeah, the fact is, program. Big Ten yes. champion. Well, the fact is, there. You know, we we we, and I do it probably more than anyone. I I, I write about the Olympic uh, sports and you know just how you know how how much they've struggled. You know, this is a you know great job by, by um, Coach Long, and the fact that they're you know uh, Rutgers women's soccer is more than likely going to go to the NCAA tournament, yeah, even though they'll they find they, out they, Monday okay. afternoon. Even though they even though they lost, you know, they you know in, the, in you know in their first Big Ten uh, tournament game. You know, some good things that are happening in, you know, in the fall Olympic sports besides football. Is the men's soccer coach going to get fired? He is, <laughs> I don't believe so. He has one more year on his contract. Okay. Um, and, and by all accounts, again, I mean, the weird thing is, and let's just be fair, is, is they lost a couple just inexplicable games at home. Um, and but they won Big Ten games. They didn't finish last in the Big Ten. I think they finished sixth in the yeah. Big Ten. So, you know, they actually showed some some signs of life. By all accounts, their recruiting is, is still pretty good. He has another year on left on his contract. I I, I think Dan Donegan's safe. And for we didn't year. even talk. Wait, we didn't even talk about basketball. Oh my gosh, Dave. you. I mean, good media day, media day presence. A lot of optimism. A lot of you know. Not much optimism, I guess. Well, well be, be, okay, What's so be, uh, to, to close my final thought, okay, and I'll ask it, oh, you know, the two of you this, because people, you know Dave White's going to be playing this back, you know, mm -hmm. come, come March, you know. Yeah. Win-loss win, win prediction, okay? Well, just give me your win total. I'm, I'm going to say 12 wins, which would be like three or four games below 500. 12 would be three or four wins. wins below 500? How many games are there? No, yeah, that, it'd, be it'd be like what, it'd be six or seven. What, twelve and eighteen? Then how many games they play? No, yeah, I think they're I, gonna. I think they'll play. I think they play twenty nine regular okay. season games plus a conference tournament game. So, like maybe like twelve and eighteen or something. Twelve and nineteen. I think that would. So you're going the same number as me? I mean, come on, you have to go go, go be a little bit more original. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go under. Like, I someone asked me online. I think what well, I put the over under at like ten point five. I I'll, I'll say. Ten. Are we wow. okay with ten? Are we okay with ten and twelve? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fifteen. I'm gonna set the bar a little higher. I have no idea. Whoa! Guys. I don't know. <laughs> hey, wrestling had a big start too. This has now become like the other Rutgers sports. And I will say real quick though, Meredith Sivico, a very impressive job with the field hockey program. I, I think, from what I understand, there's a good chance they beat UConn. Maryland probably is a bridge too far at this point, but. I think there's a very strong case to make that she is the next in the line of the, the, the builders at Rutgers to kind of build a program from nowhere to a position of national prominence of some sort. Uh, I think they're kind of on that path. And Gianna Glatz, the goalkeeper, in my opinion, <laughs> has been the best athlete at Rutgers. You are deep in the weeds. I love it. All right, Gianna Glass, get the shit out in, in, in stores. I think that's a good place to stop. All right, I'm going to sign off this week. We'll be back to talk about the Michigan game.